Victorian London, a place of fluid social roles, vibrant arts, culture, fundicicale, wonders, and dangerous underground diabolic cults. Welcome to Microphones of Madness. <laughs> that was a little overly dramatic. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it comes with the reading material, right? Once again, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there, Steve. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We're back for 2018. New season of the show. Reading some books, watching some movies, talking about whatever we want to flap our gums over. Today is no exception. We are looking at Creatures of Will and Temper, novel by Molly Tanzer. Now, full disclosure, Molly Tanzer is a friend of the show. She is. You probably and she's is. our erstwhile companion in our flights of fancy in the world of gaming. Right. So you've probably heard her play Star Wars and Call of Cthulhu. And... That's right. If you haven't heard of Molly Tanzer. I was uh, talking about the gaming, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if you haven't heard of Molly Tanzer, we will wait around for a minute while you go get yourself acquainted. And now that the Philistines are out of the room, let's talk about the book. I have the book right here. You have the book right there, but this is audio, so nobody can see it. I know. Riffle the pages in front of the microphone. There you go. There's our ASMR section. There you go. That was a tribute for Molly Tanzer. Let's tell people about the book a little bit before we go into what we thought. Sure. Molly likes Jane Austen. And this is very Jane Austen. Yes? No? <laughs> I have... All right. So I don't have, like, a huge background in reading Victorian-era books. Um, I've read some, but I, I don't have an extensive background that being said, outside um, of like home stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like I read a long time ago the um and apparently it was the expurgated edited version of the inspiration for this book, which is a portrait of Dorian Gray. Good old Oscar Wilde. Right. Um apparently the, the version I read is like uh, a heavily edited version of it. Um, but once again, I don't have like a huge background in this and it is like one of those classes of, of fiction that is considered literature and yes, right. We're highfalutin now, as you can probably guess from, if you listen to the show, I don't read a lot of literature I have in the past, but I prefer genre. And she does, she she does um, blend genre into this, but for the most part, this is a well written book. I mean, this is well thought out, very very like constructed, um, and very pleasant to read. Well, it's Molly Tanzer, and Molly Tanzer is quality. No, that's true, but it, it's it's. I don't want to despair, disparage the quality of what we generally have on here, but uh, I think this is like a step above from a lot of the stuff that we read. Hmm. 
just in terms of the actual the words and how they're constructed. Well, tell the us story is constructed. Right. Well, tell us a little bit about the the story itself. The story is about two sisters who are uh, well to do, like probably upper middle class, um, who live out in the um, manor out in the country, and uh, their trip to London. <laughs> Where they are influenced by various factions. Yeah, I, I really don't want to spoil this because it does have like a exciting plot with a twist, and I don't want to give that away. Uh, because you should you should definitely read this book. One of the sisters, the one who's Dorian Gray, Dorina Gray, Dorina Gray, the Dorina Gray is a uh, the willful <laughs> creature, I guess. Well, they're both willful. In their own way, but she's the the um the free spirit who goes her own way and um maybe sometimes acts without thinking mm-hmm. uh, she's the younger sister, and her older sister is somewhat overprotective and uh stodgy right well, you also have the the dichotomy of Evadne being that's the older sister of that correct evadne being the older sister she's she's plain you know her big aspiration in life is to marry a vicar <laughs> and and live off in a country and practice fencing all day and and you know, attend to sermons and doing things like that right whereas sure. Dorina gray her aspiration is to become an art critic. Yes. And uh, they, they are kind of like the two opposite poles of, of what you think of when you think of Victorian England. You have um, on the one side the, the, the woman who follows all the social rules, no matter how painful they are and how counterproductive they are to her. Prim and proper, and if you show your ankles, it's totally scandalous. Everything has a place, everything in its place. Right. Um, whereas Dorina is the exact opposite. She is the the person who rejects all of those um, moors. Mm-hmm. She would be the Oscar Wilde right. character. Um, com- and there, there's definitely got to be some middle ground in there because you can't really survive very well um, being one extreme or the other. And, and I think the book goes into that a little bit. One of the big, the big um, takeaways, the big themes of this book is moderation. All things in moderation. All right. Things. So they, 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 they get to London. Um, Evadne's job basically is to take care of Dorina. And they're, they're at loggerheads the entire time. You really can't say it's her job. Because that job was actually thrust upon her. Right, but I mean, it's her duty, it's her job, and she takes it seriously. A little too seriously. Yes, exactly. Uh, To the point where they they get into a huge argument and they go their separate ways, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, They're they're staying at their uncle's house, who is... Uncle Basil. Uncle Basil is an artiste, one of the greats of of the current age, Mm -hmm. who has... um, not falling on hard times because he's still wealthy and everything. He has um, just his spirit has broken mm-hmm. due to the death of his lover, Oliver, and Oliver's sister, Lady Henry. Lady Henry is 
um, probably the third protagonist of this of this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Basil just becomes kind of a background character, right? And uh, really, it's the it's it's the interplay between Lady Henry and Dorina, and then you have Evadne and and the things that she's doing, and all, really both of them are really just trying to find a little happiness, right? And and you can almost say that uh, Lady Henry is the that middle. She is that middle ground of moderation where she takes the extreme. She, she well, she she actually has to be the the moderation that's part of the whole plot of the thing but she is the, the middle ground between the two where she's able to um, survive within the rigid structure of of, of the uh, hierarchy without giving a fuck about the hierarchy right um, and that's reflected in, in how she deals with the, the first twist I guess you would say which there are demons <laughs> Yes, there are there are demons. Now, Lady Henry is kind of the person Dorina wants to be. She meets her. She's instantly captivated by her. Lady Henry. She's she's wealthy. She's connected. As we said, you know, she doesn't give a fuck because she she wears Oliver's clothes, not her own, and. You smoke yes. cigarettes, and she's a little, little bit of a hedonist. Yeah, and, and well, she's also a botanist by trade. Um, she, she maintains a greenhouse with a right. witch's so, garden uh, and writes on the subject. So, and so she definitely um, is above and beyond simply having a role in society and fulfilling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she does have a role in society, and she does fulfill. Right. And I think what happens is once Dorina and Evadne get to London and we have that first meeting with with Basil and 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 Lady Henry and Dorina seems to her aspiration kind of shifts from really wanting to be an art critic to wanting to be more of a scenester. Yes, she certainly does. You know, because does. because she has all these academic aspirations and living out in the country for her art really is kind of an academic subject. And she she wants to go to London, she wants to study um Basil and and his work and his right, life his and how he how he comes about mm-hmm. to create she, the art that he does. Right. And she wants to write a serious piece of criticism for it. And then she gets there and she realizes that, you know, there's, you know, there's, it's the big city. There's so much going on here. There's so much more. Rather than, you know. Criticism. Right. Well, not just that. She she actually experiences to an extent what Basil does. You know, the, the work of being an artist. Right. And. I don't know. I don't. I don't really think she ends up being really down with that part of it. Um, yeah, I, I think she definitely is. I won't say she's more inclined to um, superficial superficiality, mm-hmm. but she almost seems that that is what attracts her to things. And you learn later that that is a stepping stone. That mm-hmm. the, um, 
the aesthetics of something as a stepping stone to a deeper appreciation of art or food or whatever it is. Right. Because Darina is no slouch. I mean, she knows a lot about art history. She knows a lot about, you know, contemporary artists and classical artists. And there's well, a really, whole, she, there's she a gets whole, there and she's like, there's a whole thing surrounding, there's a life involved. And she really gets into wanting to experience the life. So she begins to spend more and more time with Lady Henry. Right. Well, you don't have that life out in the country. Uh-huh. Um, you know, her 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 fulfillment, I guess, is to like uh have affairs with all of all of the uh local girls. Right. And Dorena Gray always gets what she wants. Right. So I mean that's like that social interaction that affects Evadne as well. Evadne's big aspiration is, like you said, to marry a vicar mm-hmm. and to practice fencing, and that's what she was gearing her life towards. Right. Uh, because there's not a lot going on, and and I think when Evadne got to London, um, she was a little underwhelmed. Well, she was a little underwhelmed because you know she. We end, we are introduced to Evadne. She's fencing with her friend and the person she thought she was going to end up marrying, Freddie. Right. And he drops this bombshell that he's getting married and not to Evadne. Right. So Evadne is already upset about this. She catches Darina in a dalliance with a neighbor girl um, and rats her out. Yeah. <laughs> she totally did. I'm telling mommy. I'm I'm dropping a dime on your ass, Darina. I'm I'm having a bad day and and fuck you. You are the one who's gonna pay for that. But when she gets to London, out of all these exciting things to do, really the only thing she wants to do is take fencing lessons. Right. And she's not even really sure about that. Everything else she does in London, she kind of does half heartedly, begrudgingly, even Right. Um, It's you know, it's all about Darina and blah blah blah. It's never about what I want to do, and there's a there's a little bit of immaturity going on between both sisters. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's it's uh, but with with Darina, it's a little expected because she's like seventeen. Yeah, she's a kid, and uh, Evadne's what ten years older. She's yeah. considerably older. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think that she would be a little bit more mature, but I think she is too stodgy to be mature i think any maturity that she had out in the country is just um surface maturity right it's just she's she's still a kid she's still you know um, naive she's still well yeah i mean they kind of live in isolation from everything their their neighbors are miles away right and they they live on an estate and they probably have the the biggest social status in Mm -hmm. that area of anybody they regularly we see. I'm sure there's probably a, a lord or lady who, who is out there but never comes to the lands. Right. Yeah, we never we never get Lord Bumblemort to right. come visit. Even even so in the beginning, I believe, and it's been a while, um uh when when Evadne goes to Freddie's party, when they all go mm-hmm. to Freddie's party, you kinda get the feeling that um Freddie's family's beneath them. Yeah. That it's more like it's more like they they have that status amongst the of lords 
amongst the others and they just kind of go, you know, we, we invited you to the party because, you know, we hope you approve of this, of this marriage. Right. And meanwhile, Vanny's like, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And so she, she gets to London after she gets to London after this. She doesn't really even want to take fencing lessons because it was Freddie that told her, Hey, go look this guy up while right, you're in London. George. George. St. George. St. George. We'll get to him in a moment. Dorina is spending a lot of time with Lady Henry. Evadne is uh, getting frustrated because the whole trip seems to be revolving around Dorina and Lady Henry's directing of everything around Dorina's interests rather than Evadne. Well, it it was supposed to be Dorina's trip. Right. And Evadne ended up going to watch her sister because her sister got in trouble. Right. You need a chaperone while you're in London because London is the big bad city. It is. We can all to that. We've all had that experience in the big bad city where our parents are like freaking out. Yes. See, it's universal. It, it is universal. It, it, you know, and it, it speaks to a, a lot of the fears. It's like, oh, you know, you go to London and there's going to be lots of temptation because you're going to be hanging around with artists. And, you know, there are people who wear trousers in London. Uh, One of Evadne's biggest concerns is when they're going out to eat, that uh, she would be going along because she's a woman. Mm -hmm. It was Basil and three women and... My God, she is wearing pants. Look at her with her ass on display for everyone to see. Excuse me while I tighten my corset. <laughs> so um, Molly really gets that aesthetic very well. Oh, yeah. You, uh, you definitely don't. There's no, no doubt in your mind that you are in Victorian London hobnobbing with um with the the elite yeah which is which is probably the the thing that i didn't like is everyone you meet is elite in some way well, now so far well we know molly's a big fan of jane austen and right kind of thing so 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 far we have this this setup mm-hmm so you have this situation. We have the two two sisters at odds with each other, with um, Lady Henry in the middle. Um, you have London, and it's it's I won't say it's typical, but it is a it is the beginnings of a a, a Jane Austen novel or an ep- or a Charles Wine episode of Masterpiece Theater. Yes, yes. So okay. Why are we talking about this on the show, aside from the fact that we like Molly? Because there's a weird twist to all of this. So amidst all this, Molly gives us these demons, which are interdimensional beings that are able to communicate to humans through the use of um, botanicals. (laughs) So... People are getting high and fraternizing with demons. Right. And you get the you get the demon in you, and the demon doesn't actually speak to you. 
with its voice because you know it will melt your brain. Yes, yes. Like an Iron Maiden guitar solo. Because yes. you can't mention British demons without Iron Maiden. That's true. And so their essences are cultivated in these plants, and you utilize these plants as kind of a sacrament, and part of that demon's essence is transferred into you, and every demon gives different gifts. This is literal in the in the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would hazard to guess it's definitely a metaphor for drug use, which we get to um the theme of moderation. Right. Because too much of this will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go too far, you will pay a penalty. That's right. And wow. even just it, it, using using the demon <laughs> in moderation um, does ex, ex, exact a physical toll. Um, right, you live live less time, mm-hmm. have a shorter shorter life. Yeah, live shorter less time. Life. I speak English, but not British English. No, live less time. Jesus Christ. I think I'm just getting like lamer as as I get older. <laughs> I didn't live less time. This is introduced it really way back in the prologue. The connection isn't made until part two of the book. Right. So uh Lady Henry, the botanist, cultivates demon infused ginger. So a lot of a lot of the uh, descriptions of her involve um, that that flavor and that smell of ginger. Even her house is decorated with you know, with a ginger motif. Right. So it's like you know the the stoner guy who has like in his bedroom the black light and the pot poster. Right. This is the Victorian equivalent. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Oliver's room. We get a very good description of Oliver's room, which is neat and tidy and and. Kind of masculine, but there's pictures. But he does have actual painting of various types of ginger in his room, and it is kind of like that that stoner aesthetic where you you turn on the black light and you've got the fuzzy black velvet marijuana leaf that glows and right <laughs> the, the the mushroom with the caterpillar smoking. Yeah, exactly. Maybe some dancing bears. <laughs> and Oliver also has and and this is this is how you know it's Molly Tanzer because hanging above Oliver's bed is a Chinese jiang. Yeah, anyone else would have had a katana. That's right. Folded a thousand times, <laughs> cut through a tank. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens to be Molly's favorite sword. Right. And this this sword is also Infused with a little bit of the demon in it. Yeah, it's got a, it's a little hanky. And yeah. and don't don't get it. This isn't like a big reveal at the beginning. This, right. Learning about the actual existence of demons mm-hmm. um, is a gradual process. It's not a spoiler, um, but it is a gradual process because you know. Well, it says it on the back that uh, the Vatney begins to believe that Lady Henry might actually be a di- diabolist. So. She mentions the demon way back in the prologue. Right. 
but how the demon came to be, what the nature of demons are, all of this is slowly revealed right to the to the reader. And and really Molly does a really good job with this book at like ramping things up. Part one is 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 very slow burn. You introduce all the characters, every, every the setting and everything falls into place. Right. The the dynamics between them. Give them a situation, a little bit of a conflict. Right. And then part two starts picking up steam, picking up steam. And by the time you're part three, you are, you know, pressed back against your seat with your cheeks flapping because you're you're like at supersonic speed. And it goes, and it's like that till the epilogue. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. We don't want to give away anything more plot wise mm-hmm. um, to this thing because you really, it's it's a novel. It's not like a short story, right? So it, it, it it's paced very well, right? A couple of a couple of twists and turns. We mentioned the character Saint George. Um, Evadne meets him as at the fencing academy, right? And you know he he has a significant plot line going on, and he ends up driving a good chunk of the action of the the third act. Yeah, uh, and we can't really tell much about that because that's that's really you know the the big twist right there. Right, it's her her relation with with George. I know it's kind of a played out uh, explanation, but this really is kind of a roller coaster ride. You brought up, brought up, brought up, brought up to the top in the first act. And then once the second act drops is that initial drop in the roller coaster. Right. And and it's just on from there. Now, the thing I really liked about this, just to step back and not talk about the, the actual plot or anything, mm. was, um, well, I've read, well, you have as well, I've read a, a number of things she's written. Um, we both yes. read Vermillion. Um, we both Damn read, fine novel, Vermillion. Yeah, we both read um, the story she had in uh, the, the Caligari collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story that she had in the um, uh, not she walks in shadows, uh, dreams from the witch house. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we have like a, a working knowledge of of Molly's style. Um, style, right? And that's the great thing is she is able to transcend her own style in this. Um, it is completely unlike Vermillion. It's completely unlike um, the, the her story about the monk. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it wasn't about the monk. The monk was in it. Um, and it, it resembles a little bit her story in um, Caligari, where a, a lot of the action in this takes place in the character's heads. So when you're you're reading it, you get a lot of rich interior monologue mm-hmm. um, from from any of the main characters. So you, you get really into um, Darina's head, Ivani's head, and 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 to a lesser extent, Henry's head. I you know I really don't know if you'd say it transcends Molly's style because I I think it fully embraces it. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like it doesn't read the same as her other books mm-hmm. it's it's she's able to she's able to take the the aesthetics of of a jane austen novel right. of a victorian era novel and write a convincing book that you could definitely ha- that could definitely have been written 
at that time. Same thing with Vermilion, which takes place around the same time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, the old it's, West. but it's in the Old West, and that has more of a feel of an Old West kind of a novel. Right. Now, there is a sequel to this book coming out, I believe, November. Yes. Um, that it, it Different characters, same world, I think. Mm-hmm. That's how she's... That's going to be the uh, the Great Gatsby version of where um, the action right. takes place on Long Island. Now, the uh, the title "Creatures of Will and Temper" comes from a passage from the fictional book within a book uh, called "On the Summoning of Demons." Yes, uh, as a description of what demons are, uh, they are creatures of will and temper, and I. I I wish I would have written it down because you know, it was a nice long description. There's five or six, and the first description is the title of this book and the second. So we have enough just titles Easter egged in that little passage for five or six books in a series. And it would be nice to see them. Yeah, it's um I will definitely pick up the next one. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, it, and it, to, to be honest, it makes me want to read more of her earlier stuff because, you know, Molly didn't just sprinkle life out of somebody's head. <laughs> well, I, there, there's it's both stuff. Both of them are, are things I, I really want to read. So and I, I will. Right. But, it, you know, it's been it's been a pleasure to follow her career. Yeah, as, as far as as we have, no, but but and she's going to stab us for that, probably. <laughs> you have a, a few authors that you and I have read multiple times, mm-hmm. and and these these guys when when they come up, when something new comes under our radar, we we jump on it because it's a pleasure to read. It and, is and. and Creatures of Will and Temper is definitely one of those books. Yes, we will be watching your career with great interest. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes, Barnes and Noble. Carries it. I'm sure there's other avenues. I'm sure you can get digital copies. Molly's also a talented editor. Source vs. Cthulhu. She edited that. We, we did that on our show. Uh, also, she has a current book out that she co-edited with uh, Nick Mamatas called Mixed Up. Short stories and cocktail recipes. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a barista or bartender's guide, along with short stories. Mm-hmm. So that's your thing. Pick it up. <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah. Once again, creatures of will and temper. Definitely pick it up. Uh, check right, it out if, if you're like in the market to buy just one book. Pick up creatures of will and temper. And then save your money, and in November, you can grab the sequel. And that about wraps it up for this episode. What are we doing next week? H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mountain of Madness? I know. Who would have thunk it? Going back to the old school. So, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff lined up for this year, uh, this season of Microphones of Madness. So hold on tight, because the the inmates have control of the PA system again. That's right. And uh, if you like this episode, be sure to uh, subscribe to us on Podbean. Uh, leave us likes on iTunes, Google Play, 
Uh, you can find the podcast on Stitcher and Spotify as well. So that's Spotify, much, motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> that's a good big time. So you can pretty much get Microphones of Madness at any venue that provides podcasts. Uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Microphones of Madness. And until next time, keep 30 luck points. Boom.